Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Special Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery when you add an adjustable base. Ends Monday. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. On today's episode, I talk with Rob Mack, a positive psychology expert, celebrity happiness coach, published author, and television host and producer about how to be in control of your own happiness. You know, children are mostly happy. They have their moments, no question about it, but they're relatively joyful little beings. And the more programming conditioning we become through our lives, the more we deprioritize our happiness and we work really hard at being unhappy without knowing it. And so we've actually accomplished the impossible and done the hard thing, which has become unhappy. And uh, we've made hard work of the easy thing, which is being happy. Hi, and welcome to the Parentologist Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kim. The Parentologist Podcast is a show about everything parenting with a therapeutic twist. Each episode focuses on a variety of relatable topics, including parenting, family, children, relationships, mental health, and pop culture. Hear from a variety of medical professionals, psychological experts, authors, celebrities, and other parents with inspiring stories. You'll feel like you're in the same room with your friends getting all of your questions answered. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll learn, and you'll have fun. I am so excited that today we have Rob Mack on the podcast the happiness coach. Rob, how are you today? Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm fantastic. Uh, so appreciate you inviting me into the conversation. Always great Absolutely. To Absolutely. Well, I've been dying to talk to you. Uh, I know that you have two books that I have ordered. They're actually coming in the mail from Amazon, um, but I haven't read them yet, but I know that they are acclaimed. They are bestsellers. You wrote Happiness from the Inside Out, The Art and Science of Fulfillment and Love. And you also wrote Love from the Inside Out, Lessons and Inspiration for Loving Yourself, Your Life, and Each Other. So both of those books, I cannot wait to read them because I think, you know, there's this, this conception of wanting to cultivate a life of happiness. I think it's something that most people, I, I would say, wants to achieve in their lifetime, but don't know how to go about doing it. So when someone comes to you as a coach, what is one of the first things that you ask them or what is the first thing that you want them to do to start that journey to find happiness? Forget about creating a happy life and just focus on enjoying the moment. Mm. Just focus on enjoying the moment. We get so caught up in trying to live and create a happy life that we forget it's the happy moments when strung together that make for happy life. So that's too tall and ambitious in order. The future is not in our hands, the past isn't in our hands, but the present is always in our hands. Um, and so we just wanna focus on enjoying the moment as deeply as possible. I'd say also noticing, identifying, tracking what I might call happiness islands. Those are activities that you love for their own sake, not for what they get you, but there are activities that make you feel inspired and uplifted and excited to be alive. Just track those, identify those, ultimately try to schedule more of them into your life. And then on the other end of that, identify your happiness deserts. Those are activities that you don't love, that you probably hate, you barely tolerate. Maybe you only do because they get you something. And you want to try to do your best 
to schedule those out of your life. So you want to reduce, eliminate, outsource, delegate, automate, or regulate. Uh, in other words, just get them off your plate. Absolutely. Now, do you ever have any pushback from people who might say, I want the results of having a happy life or being happy, but putting in the work sometimes sounds daunting? Uh, you know, people get used to their homeostasis, their comfort zone, and it's hard to get out of that sometimes. And even though the desire is there, putting in that work is a whole nother deal. It's kind of going to the gym. Like you want the results of going to the gym every day, but going to the actual gym and working out for an hour, lifting weights, doing the cardio, whatever it is, it is really hard for people to grasp and to actually put in their everyday lives. So what do you tell people about that when they have that pushback? Yeah. Um, I don't try too hard to convince anybody of anything, to be honest. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I, I will say that I understand it. It resonates. I'm sure I was a poster boy for that myself, you know, most of my life, uh, certainly my young adulthood um, and young childhood years, for, for sure. Um, what I usually say is that happiness doesn't have to be hard work. In fact, it shouldn't be hard work. It can be enjoyable. Yes, it requires an investment of time and energy, but it can be and feel playful and fun and enjoyable. And we can find ways to approach it creatively so that you see it and experience it that way. Yes, you know, we're essentially rewiring the brain in lots of ways for happiness. But the truly hard thing is what we're doing already, which is being so unhappy. I mean, it's natural, almost innate, I call it innate and inherent and intrinsic um, to be happy. You know, children are mostly happy. They have their moments, no question about it, but they're relatively joyful little beings. And the more programming condition we become through our lives, the more we deprioritize our happiness and we work really hard at being unhappy without knowing it. And so we've actually accomplished the impossible and done the hard thing, which has become unhappy. And uh, we've made hard work of the easy thing, which is being happy. So just take a little time and energy and effort. It doesn't have to feel or be hard work, but it does require an investment. Absolutely. So here's, here's, here's something that I feel <clears throat> that I'm, I'm even, I'm going to say guilty of, but I know I've said before out loud. My husband will say, gosh, honey, you sound like you're in a really bad mood today. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll respond with something like, well, I would be happier if. I would be in a better mood if. And there's all those outside factors. You know, someone cut me off today on the drive home, you know, from, from work. Um, they ran out of eggs at the grocery store, which seems to be an issue right now anyway. But, you know, just those, th those little things throughout the day sometimes can add up or, or there could be big things, you know, something, you know, more, more tragic and traumatic can happen by blaming the outside world. What does that do to our, our inner happiness, you know, and, and how can we maybe stop those, you know, cognitive distortions that we have, you know, so we, we don't just blame, how can we take more ownership, I guess, is what I'm saying. Instead of blaming the outside world, how do we take more ownership of our happiness in those moments? Yeah. Remembering that the present moment is all you ever have. No moment is guaranteed. And hopefully we'll all have a hundred years in these beautiful human flesh costumes, uh, but we also might only have five seconds or two seconds. And so it's important to remember that no moment is guaranteed that every moment is a gift and your life physically could end at any moment for any reason at all. That brings you back to the present moment in a really deep and sincere way. And at that point, you then realize and recognize, hopefully, that whatever you feel, you're completely justified and valid and legitimate in feeling. It's all okay. You should be feeling what you're feeling. It's okay. And 
you're messing up your life, both in the present moment and uh, the future moments as well, when you continue to feed and fuel the very thoughts and feelings that are making you so miserable, right? So you can argue for your limitations. You can argue for your unhappiness. You can point out all the evidence for why you should be unhappy or miserable or anxious or stressed or lonely or all the things. You're valid and justified in all of that, but you're only making it worse. You're making your pain more painful. And so um, there's a choice point there, right? Which is instead of outsourcing our happiness to other people, places, things, and instead of projecting it out into the future, we take back our control and remind ourselves that if we're busy blaming anybody or anything else for how we feel, good, bad, or indifferent, we're giving away all of our power to change it. We're giving away all of our power to change it. So we want to stop doing that. We want to stop giving our power away, outsourcing our peace, love, and happiness, take back our power, and rediscover this invincible somewhere within that we might call peace or love or happiness or bliss or joy. It doesn't matter what words you use, but it's about the experience, not the explanation. Uh, so that's usually where I start. Wow. Uh, my, my brain is just kind of going on overload right now of what you're saying to me. And I'm thinking, wow, just what you just said, that, that, you know, two, that two minute response, I mean, literally could change people's lives. It changed mine, Dr. Kim, it changed mine. I mean, and it's funny me sitting here saying this because I was sure that of all people in the world, I would never find happiness. I'd never be happy. I was convinced I was wired for unhappiness, that I had a biochemical problem that could not be solved by anything or anyone. And to sit here and talk about it in this particular way still kind of gives me shivers um, and also makes me laugh at the same time, right? Because now it's so obvious and then it was so not obvious. Um, but yes, it's true. There's another piece to this too, and you just reminded me of it, which is we know based on decades of research that happiness leads to success, right? So if you care about success in your relationships, in your health, in your financial status, in your professional life, if you care about those things, you want to care about happiness because happiness facilitates and or leads to successful life outcomes, conditions, and circumstances. When you wait for the world to change, when you wait for somebody else to change, when you wait for the future, and you hesitate, procrastinate, and postpone your happiness in the here and now, not only do you not enjoy the here and now, but you also make it increasingly difficult to achieve the more successful outcomes, conditions, and circumstances that you're ultimately after, right? Because happiness prepaves that. It's a cheat code. It's a master key to getting whatever you want, no matter what you want. And so when you don't feel good and you continue to feed the not so good feelings with all these thoughts and ideas and insights, concepts you picked up, you not only deprive yourself of happiness, you also deprive yourself of success. Those, so those if-then comments that indicate your commitment to conditional happiness are really saying, I'm committed to being unhappy until I get what I want. It's really what it often is. It's a, I have a goal, I have a dream, I have a desire, but it's really commitment to being miserable or unhappy until I get what I want. You don't have to approach dreams or goals or desires that way. And if we're really crystal clear and we look at the research and we also listen to philosophers and poets and spiritual teachers, we'll remember that we can get much more quickly and easily and enjoyably what we want if we just control the one thing that we can control right now, which is what we think and feel. Wow. So when people say you're having a bad day, choose to be happy. <laughs> it doesn't seem so easy, right? But 
Is there some sort of mantra? Can we fake it till we make it? If we're in a a horrid mood and we say, no, I'm going to choose to be happy today. I'm in control of this. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. You're saying it all the way, you know, taking your kids to school and this, you know, school drop off and you're saying it on your way to work and you say it when you come home and you're making dinner or doing the laundry or whatever. If you just tell yourself, can it be that simple being present in the moment and just telling yourself over and over again and changing those, those distortions and those thoughts? It, it can for lots of people and for lots of people, not so much. It depends on who you are. Right. So um, I would say that Repeating affirmations are mantras without feeling and without proper intent will often backfire. It will even make things worse, you know, because then you're like, I'm a failure. I can't even do the simple thing. And everybody says I should be able to do it. So then you add an additional level or layer of pain to your already pre-existing level of pain. And so you've just added insult to injury and you've made your pain more painful, right? Um, the wet, and, and that's pretty true when you're unhappy or when you're feeling low or blue. When you're feeling or experiencing a low mood, I promise those feelings are lying to you. Unhappiness is a liar, okay? And um, it's always a liar. It's never just sometimes a liar. It's always a liar. But it's a very convincing liar at that. And so oh, yeah. it convinces you to not think and do things that would actually improve the way you felt. So when I was really unhappy and I was depressed and I was suicidal, I probably knew somewhere that I should probably get out of my apartment and go for a walk talk to someone, maybe go play a little basketball, go for a run. But in your unhappiness, you're just convinced none of that's going to help. It's useless. I've got bigger problems and bigger fish to fry than that, you know, kind of thing. And thank God for moms because my mom would just say, honey, will you just go outside and go for a walk? And I was like, that's not going to fix my life. You know, I'm unhappy. Honey, will you just do it for your mom? And of course, you're going to say yes to your mom. You do it for your mom. <laughs> right. Every single time I get back and all of a sudden I felt so much better. Darn it, I feel my- better. My mom was right. <laughs> Mom's always right. And the next day I'd forget again. You know, it's yet to remind me again. So that's the challenge with being unhappy is that your mind will lie to you often. And you have to learn to distrust your low moods. You have to distrust them. And if you can distrust them and sometimes even do the opposite of what they tell you. They say, stay inside and hide from everyone and just binge watch a TV show and eat pizza all day every day. You might do that for a little period, bit of time. But at some point you have to learn to distrust that and say, okay, I might have to force myself to do something here. Not anything crazy, but something that's a little bit less comfortable so that I can break this spell or mesmerism or hypnotism that I'm under, which we call unhappiness. Right, exactly. And and I like how you said that, and you, this is the second time you've mentioned it, it, about recognizing and even maybe validating the times when we are stressed or we are angry or we are depressed. And there's some th- times when that's appropriate in our life, you know? Um, I, I'm sure we've all, whoever's listening and yourself and me included, have gone through some traumatic experiences, have gone through some times where, um, like when I first got diagnosed with breast cancer years ago, I'm a two-time survivor. And the first time I, I was in my 30s and I was thinking, why me? And I was terrified and horrified and just thought of all the worst case scenario things of dying, really, and all the things this that had to go with it, with the surgery and just the radiation and just all the things. And I remember telling my husband at the time, we had just gotten married and I said, and I was crying in bed and I just said, I just need a day or two to feel sorry for myself, to cry, to, to mourn my life before this diagnosis. And I just need a couple days to just be sad. And then, you know, 
I'll, I'll snap out of it and I'll get back to my normal routine and, and things like that. But I needed that time, you know? Um, and I also knew that I would come out of it. I know some people may not feel that way. They may not have that hope, you know, they may feel hopeless and they may feel suicidal and they may feel like nothing will help and I won't get better. And it's really hard to come out of that. So any, any suggestions for, for anyone feeling like that? Um, first of all, I'm so inspired by you, Dr. Kim. I just really am blown away. Um, not just by what you do and how deep and wise and, um, helpful you are, but also by who you are. I mean, what a journey. It's so fantastic. Right. Um, absolutely. And, you know, to your point there, I think, I know for a long time I had the wrong idea about happiness and every idea, by the way, about happiness is wrong. Okay. It's the experience that we're after. So be careful of that because we get lots of ideas about happiness and those ideas get in the way of the actual experience of happiness. True. Ideas of happiness, they get in the way of happiness. So same thing with love, by the way. Um, and so happiness is not only a state of feeling, an emotional state, or even a state of mind. Happiness is this thoughtless, wordless, infinite, eternal beingness, state of being, we'll call it, but it's your natural, original face or state of being that always exists above, below, between, within, beneath every single thought, feeling, perception, experience, condition, circumstance in the world. It's always there. It's never not there. Okay. Um, a great synonym for happiness is you, just you. Okay. And another synonym is life, just the life that exists within and as you. Okay. So it's always there. So, and in order to experience um, that happiness, it's important to experience and accept and welcome the entire spectrum of emotions, all of them. And most emotions just want to be felt. And if you feel them and you um, feel them without adding to them and adding to them can be thinking about them. It could be resisting them, trying to get rid of them, trying to change them. Any of that mostly just feeds and fuels them. Okay. And um, that's why we also say, you know, if you, what you repress and suppress, you still express and manifest, right? It's like, if you repress it and you suppress it, you're going to express it. You're going to manifest it in some way. And it's going to be probably a pretty ugly way, or at least an uglier way than you'd want. So exactly. you might as well, right? So the important piece for me is to feel what you feel with the intention of, we'll call it processing it, no matter what you feel, but not feeding it or fueling it. And that's the difference between rumination and processing. And one thing I discovered is that most of us get that wrong. We think we're processing and we're really mostly just ruminating and making it worse. I agree. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then we're going to come back and talk about how we are in control of our own happiness. Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Special Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery when you add an adjustable base. Ends Monday. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. Okay, so I saw something that you posted on Instagram recently. I believe it was another podcast uh, or TV segment that you were on. 
And you talked about how we are in control of our own happiness and how much we are in control of our own happiness. Will you share some of those statistics um, that, that I saw about we are in 90% control of our own happiness? That was mind-blowing to me. So will you explain more about some of those statistics and, and how that is? For sure. So um, I have a much more um, maybe progressive and liberal um, uh, way of saying it, uh, which I'll say in a second, but I want to support it with the science first. So at worst, and this is at worst. So science says that, and they've come up with the happiness formula. H, that's happiness, equals C plus S plus V. Okay, so happiness equals, we'll start with the S. S is genetic set point. So we're all wired a little higher, a little lower for happiness. I'm convinced I was wired really low for happiness. Um, and so that S is responsible for 50% of how happy or unhappy you are, 50%. Now, the caveat there is that that genetic set point or wiring is perfectly malleable, it's changeable, it's plastic. It's not like eye color or height. You know, you can change it based on what you think and who you spend time with and what you eat, all those things. So that means 50% controllable, malleable, changeable. Um, 40, uh, 40% of your happiness is the V. Uh, that's voluntary or volitional activities. So that's how you think. It's the thing that I just mentioned. How you think, who you spend time with, you know, do you exercise? You know, essentially, are you engaging in the activities that support your happiness from a physical, psychological, emotional, spiritual, social, and relational perspective? The 10%, so that means 90% is up to you, up to you, and fully up to you. The C, that's conditions and circumstances of your life. Think about success in any particular life domain, that's only 10%. So 10% of your happiness is attributable to successful life outcomes and conditions. And what's interesting is that we spend most of our lives chasing that 10%, hoping that it's going to make us happy when it's actually totally impossible for that wow. 10%, right, to make us happy. But that's what we do. We, we, and, it's, and, and, and again, no judgment here, but we chase money. We chase power and fame and status and recognition. We chase relationships, right? We chase, we want to create a family. We want to have kids. Nothing wrong with that. Although there's some science that suggests we want to think about that and think about that deeply. We chase health. Um, we chase, uh, you know, being a good person, all these things, right? So 10%. So that means that 90% of your happiness is definitely up to you. I would go further and say, if you look more deeply into the research and then you also look into your lives and you begin to dive deeper into yourself, you'll discover that even that 10% of course, is controllable and changeable and plastic because the happier you get, the more successful you become. We know that. Happy people live longer, 67 years longer. They make more money, $600,000 to $700,000 more on average over the course of their entire lifetime than their unhappy counterparts. They get married earlier, stay married longer, are happy in all the relationships, whether they're married or not. They experience less job burnout. Their rate is more attractive than their unhappy friends and co-workers. They also donate more time, money, energy, and blood to individuals and social causes they care about. So it makes them kinder and gentler and more generous, right? So happiness improves your life in every way and makes you more successful. And so at the end of the day, I would say, you know, um, happiness is really up to you. At the very worst case scenario, it's 90%. At the best case, and I would argue it is the best case, it's 100%. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. I mean, that makes you think, right? It does. It does. <laughs> Right. That makes that makes you think, you know. Um, I, I, yeah, it's it's like I said, it's mind blowing to me because, you know, even me who teaches, I mo work mostly with children, but 
teaching them how to use coping skills, teaching them how to remove those cognitive distortions from their life and, you know, focus on the present, focus on the things they can control. You know, that's a big thing you see, you know, focus on what you can control. And even though I know all those things, I'm trained in all those things, I teach others how to do those things. Sometimes in my own life, I, I don't always practice my own medicine. And so I think, gosh, I, if I have that much control over my own happiness and destiny of, of how my outcome of how my everyday outlook will be on my life. I mean, that, that really makes you think of, wow, I don't think I'm even, do I'm not doing that. I'm well, not putting in the time for that. <laughs> mentally. Yeah, right? just it. I mean, it, for me, I knew early on I needed to make it a career and I don't mean a career that you make money off of. I mean, I needed to make it as important as any career. It needed to be my first priority or I was going to be screwed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, like, and you're right. That's, true for all of us. And in fact, we, we can all make happiness our top priority, our number one goal in our quote unquote career. We'll find that the rest and the other pieces start to fall in place more easily and effortlessly, right? Something else you said, it was just so brilliant and so profound, which is like, we can show people better than we can teach them, particularly kids. And kids are very sensitive to energy. And when you're stressed out, trust your kid's going to have a temper tantrum, you know? Absolutely. Think, right? So yep. it's, Emotion is contagious, the most contagious element on the planet. And kids are really, really powerful little instruments. They pick up on that right away. So the challenge and opportunity there is to live this happiness, to live this practice in the way that you do so beautifully, that we all feel challenged with at times for sure, but to live it. And um, we can talk about it too, but talking about it should only continue to encourage us to live it, right? The world doesn't need to hear another sermon as much as it needs to see one kind of thing. And, and there's so many barriers to that want to want to take our happiness away from us. You know, the person that cuts us off on the highway, like I said, or, you know, the, the person who might be in a bad mood that yells at you for no reason, or, or just, you know, anything that happens in our lives that don't go our way. And we can react to that. And I think it's how we react to that that makes a big difference on how much we let those outside factors control us you know, instead of taking a deep breath and saying, okay, that's not my control. I can't help that that person's in a bad mood, but I'm not going to let it rub it off on me. I'm I'm going to stop it right here and and choose to not let it affect me. But it's still hard to do, right? It's unpracticed. It's unpracticed. Um, and, uh, you know, happiness, to your point, is the greatest revenge. Happiness is the greatest revenge. It's the sweetest revenge. Um, unconditional happiness. And particularly when things or other people or the world isn't going your way, it's even more important for you and for me to go our way. Even more important, because if you can't control all these other people and things and places, you better, sure as heck, better control the one thing you can, which is, which is you. And also, it just feels so doggone good to stay happy when everybody around you is flipping out and losing their mind. <laughs> right. And also, the more you do that, the more influence you have over the over the situations and conditions and the other people. There is nothing like a tapped in, tuned in, turned on, happy, peaceful, loving, self-loving individual to convince you of something that you otherwise would not be convinced of, like being happier or more self-loving or more loving or more peaceful. And so if right. you really want to have control over any particular situation or at least influence in a really powerful way, you got to find a way to stay or maintain grounded and centered. Uh, despite what's going on around you. That's the practice of unconditional happiness. And it can feel hard, but it's just unpracticed. We've become really good at doing the opposite. Yeah. Practice practice does help a lot. It, it almost like becomes habitual, you know, something that you really 
have to intentionally do on your day-to-day life, right? Like yeah. like working out, but instead of you know being physical, I mean that's good I think for our mental health anyway, you know, to to help with all of this, but I think just once you get into the routine of it, it becomes easier and easier as it goes on. And and I know you mentioned eight principles in in your book. I mean I'll mention it again cuz I'm it's going to come any day now. Uh, I'm I just ordered it. I wanted to get it here in time before we talked, but it's not here, but I'll make sure I share with my followers book and the link and because I, I really think that what you say is just um, just life-changing. So your book, Happiness from the Inside Out, The Art and Science of Fulfillment. And you talk about eight principles in the book. And you, have to, you can share them all right now or you, you can just tease us with a few. Uh, but will you share a little bit more about that book and uh, any tidbits you want to share about it? And then I, I think, I mean, I know obviously it's on Amazon. I'm sure it's in Barnes & Noble and all the places that you know people can order it, which is so exciting. I really urge people to do it. If you love this conversation we had today, I know that they'll learn so much more. But if you could share a little bit about the book uh, before we wrap up, that would be great. Sure. So Happiness from the Inside Out is really a primer on happiness. Um, it was the very beginning of, not the very beginning, but my sort of coaching career. Um, I had been in, done a sort of stint in the entertainment world for like 10 years. Uh, Vanessa Williams, uh, wrote the foreword to the book, which I'm so grateful for. And um, the book really talks about lazy intelligence. In the book, we call it, I called it uh, taking the path of least energy investment, but it's lazy intelligence. How can we be as lazy, but as smart as humanly possible in achieving whatever we want to achieve in life? You know, Lord knows we're all overworked and stretched too thin and tired and exhausted and stressed out. Let's not do that anymore. So it's about taking the laziest, smartest path to happiness. Happiness exists within you, here and now. It doesn't exist in the future. It doesn't exist in anybody or anything else. That doesn't mean that other people, places, and things can't encourage you to be happy. But happiness ultimately, and peace, and love, and self-love, exists within you, here and now. There's really only two paths there, although they go by lots and lots of names. One is what I might call constructive or positive thinking, but we'll call constructive thinking. And it's focusing on the best within yourself, other people, the world each other. Uh, The other, and that's also telling a better feeling story based in truth about everything, no matter what, just to feel better. When you feel better, you do better. When you feel better, life goes better. The other path is the path I've become increasingly excited about. It's just the path of not thinking at all, right? So even thinking sometimes can be a whole lot of work, especially when you're trying to think positively or constructively about something that sucks. Sure. So sometimes, in fact, often not thinking at all just allows you to experience this innate happiness and peace and love with the least amount of time, energy, and effort. Um, so the books that follow up here, including Love from the Inside Out, increasingly talk about the lazy, intelligent approach of not thinking at all. Wow. I, I can't wait to read it. And I know your newest book uh, just came out last year, right? The Love from the Inside Out, Lessons and Inspiration for Loving Yourself, Your Life, and Each Other. That's your newest book. Uh, and we didn't even get to really touch much on love. I know it's intertwined, you know, and we, we kind of overlapped a little bit in what we were saying, uh, but excited to read that one too, because, uh, you know, they are intertwined. I, I wholly believe that it's it's us. And like you kept saying the word you, you know, it's, it's about our internal uh, happiness, but then also it how we react and how we feel and how we present ourselves to the world and how, how happy, you know, we are feeling really affects our relational uh, patterns with other people, whether it's our children, our partners, our, you know, people we meet on the street, whatever it is. So I I do agree with that. Anything you want to add about that? No, you nailed it. The question is always Dr. Kim. I would say, um, we judge others 
and life in the world for what we do to ourselves. Okay. Um, I don't think there's anybody in the world, in fact, I know for sure, who has been, been even a fraction as mean to me as I've been to myself. You know, And you'll find that that's true no matter who you are out there in the world, that nobody has been meaner or crueler or less kind to you than you've been to yourself. And so when you feel like and find that you're not experiencing the love you want, the peace you want, the happiness you want, and the success you want, look a little deeper and look inside, do that little U-turn, and you'll quickly discover that you're entertaining some thoughts and therefore feelings that aren't supporting you in achieving or experiencing or feeling what you most want to feel. And again, you're justified in feeling what you want to feel and thinking what you want to think. I'll never, ever want to deprive anybody of that. Um, but please, my encouragement is just to try to be your own best friend. I love it. Where can people find you online, on social, on your website? If they want some coaching from you, uh, where can people find more information? Well, based on this conversation, probably in more conversations with you. I would also say um, you can find uh, me at my website at coachrobmack.com. And you can find both my books, Love from the Hat, uh, Inside Out and Happiness from the Inside Out, everywhere great books are sold, including Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And you can find me on most social media platforms, probably most consistently Instagram at Rob Mac Official. Wonderful. Rob, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your wisdom and just sharing all the insight that you have. I know it's going to help so many people. And I just really appreciate your time. My pleasure and privilege. I'm so honored. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me today. I cannot wait for you to listen to more episodes. If you are a new listener, I recommend starting at my best of year one episode first. Then make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And when you love an episode, please leave a review. And if you want to stay connected between episodes, please visit me on social media at The Parentologist and on my blog at theparentologist.com. This podcast is not intended to be a replacement for therapy. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call 911. Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your sleep number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Special Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com.